1: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
4: From Ox Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh. America's Sports
1: Voice, OX. James, what happened to CBS there? They just kind of disappeared. Brian Kelly just coming in out of the bullpen, puts out the fire. It's 11.04, Tom Ackerman with you. Big trade just came across. Whoa, whoa, big trade here. So Jose Martinez has been traded. And you remember Jose Martinez. The totally fun, great hitting against lefties could have been a DH, but there was no DH until in the National League until now. And that's where he's headed, to the National League. Jose Martinez, according to Jeff Passan, has been traded to the Chicago Cubs. Wow. So you're going to have to deal with Jose Martinez again, but this time in an opposing uniform. Jose Martinez traded to the Cubs. Two players to be named headed back to the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Cubs get Jose Martinez. And according to Passon, this may give more at-bats to Randy Arozarena, who plays for the Rays. They acquired with Martinez in a trade this past offseason. So there you have it. Uh, other trades, Mitch Moreland traded to the San Diego Padres with Rosario and Potts headed to Boston in that deal. Boy, the Padres are loading up here. They picked up Trevor Rosenthal yesterday. The former Kansas City Royal, former Cardinal. And that's uh, that was outfielder Edward Oliveras, and a player to be named heading to Kansas City in the Trevor Rosenthal deal. So, the trade deadline is tomorrow, and John Moselock will join us at 11.30 to talk about, he's not going to tell us what the Cardinals are going to do, a- We don't know, and he wouldn't know until deals were to come together, but B, he's not going to show his hand either. But I think that one thing you can be sure of is that the Cardinals do have to figure out what their roster looks like, and to make room for some players, they may have to move players. We'll see. I don't know that that's the case. I would not expect, and maybe John will tell us this one way or the other, but I don't think the Cardinals are going to be super aggressive, gaining some big-name players to throw into their lineup. I think they feel like what they have right now is probably what they're going to roll with offensively, and they just got to get it going. On the other side, though, I do think it can never hurt to have pitching depth. So if I were to guess which way the Cardinals would go, I would think they would go that route. They would probably go and find as much pitching as they can, as many innings as they can, especially what they've had to deal with with COVID-19 and all of these double-headers that still face them and playing every single day, they're going to have to find some pitching to give some other guys a rest. So we'll see what happens in the trade deadline. But Jose Martinez to the Cubs, if you're just joining us. well, wow. that's big. Rays and Cubs make the trade. And so we get to see that fun, big, tall, right-handed hitting Venezuelan. Uh, but he is playing for the Cubs now. Oh, man, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to rib him about that a little bit. What about what are the Blues going to do this offseason? That is a huge question. So the St. Louis Blues, the Stanley Cup champions, no longer. Uh, there will be a new Stanley Cup champion. As you know by now, the Blues were eliminated by the Canucks last week in six games. Here is Coach Craig Berube says it's unacceptable, no matter which way you look at it, to lose in the first round.
5: When you get beat out in the first round... Um, You know it's it's unacceptable, um, myself included. And we got to get better, and I got to get better, and the team's got to get better.
1: It does bother him.
5: He's away the whole time. I'm not going to lie to you. It's tough for me. You know we had a chance to repeat Stanley Cup champions. I think that was a big motivation for us as a team. And now it's over. We can't do it. So uh, you know I will move on and, and. prepare for next year and and get our team ready. But it eats away at me. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: Were they ready this time? Well, again, not making an excuse for them at all, but they did have some players who had positive COVID tests before they went to Edmonton. Maybe that hurt them a little bit. But overall, this team just did not look like itself. They have to step it up. In the off season, especially in the area of fitness, here's Baruby.
5: I want our team to come in unreal shape next year. Um, I don't want our guys coming in, in into camp and not in great shape and can't perform at a high enough level that will, it won't be accepted by us as a coaching staff and, as, and an organization. So
1: we're going to be demanding on people, and, and that's
5: the best way to get better
1: they have to improve and the culture in the team first we have a
5: real good culture we've got really good veterans in our on our team that uh you know hold people accountable and uh, really push that culture that we're trying to create and that's my job too for sure you know we got to get everybody on board going next year they got to be on board of what we're what we're preaching and what we're trying to do as a team and uh You know, like I'll keep saying it, the team's the most important thing, and the team has to come first.
1: So, who is that veteran player who leads them? Well, one of them for sure is their captain, Alex Petrangelo. It's not clear whether he'll be back with the team next year.
5: You know, it's obviously on everybody's mind for sure. More Petro and and, uh, the organization, but. I believe something will get done. That's that's the best answer I can give you.
1: Is he important to the team? <laughs> you better believe it. You ask any of those players in that locker room, they'll tell you. Here's Baruji. We
5: talk about culture. Well, he's the one guy that uh, leads the culture in the right way. You know, Petro is in great shape. He's a very good leader in the locker room and on the ice. He, you know, he leads by example on the ice with his play, and but also, you know, he understands the game very well, and he understands the locker room very well, and what needs to be said in the locker room. So. He does a very good job of that, and it makes my job a lot easier.
2: Here is the captain, Alex Petrangelo. Obviously, I, I want to stay a blue. Of course, I do. I mean, that's like I, we've touched on that. It's the only place I've known professional hockey. So, you know, legacy is obviously important. This, this organization means a lot to me, right? It, it certainly. Uh, and, and you know, you see Al come around and see all the other alumni who are around regularly. That means a lot, right? It's guys who have a great relationship with the organization that have been around and really set their roots in in St. Louis.
1: Can't possibly imagine him
2: in another uniform. Lots of guys do it. I hope it doesn't get to that point. I mean, they grew up here. This is the only place I know, you know, professionally. It's uh, families here. I grew up here. I grew up here as a player and as a person, like I just said before. So, you know, it's part of the business, unfortunately, and the situation is what it is, but uh, hopefully that, that circumstance doesn't happen, and we'll see where this thing takes us family. Very
1: important to Petrangelo. They do love it here. And can you imagine him coming back
2: from the bubble and his kids waiting for him? One of my boys was really, really excited. And uh, my daughter was kind of giving me the cold shoulder. So it's just, you miss so much, right? Like I was only gone for what a month and, and just coming back, they've changed so much in that one month. So right now they're pretty excited. I tell you what, uh, me and my wife had run some errands this morning. They didn't want dad to leave. I think maybe he thought, I wasn't coming back again. So it wasn't easy to be gone, I'll tell you that.
1: it's pretty sweet. I totally can relate and understand, although I've never been uh, in a bubble. But away from spring training for three, four weeks sometimes without him can be tough.
2: Uh, why did the team struggle in Edmonton? Here's Petrangelo. Just felt like we weren't getting consistency from, from all of us throughout the lineup. You know, in every single game when you play in in a series, especially against a a team like Vancouver, it's, uh, you know, we have more experience. We felt like if if we were able to do that, we would have had a a chance to win. So a big thing for us was really just the consistency on both sides of the puck uh, throughout the entire lineup. How do you keep Alex Petrangelo with this team? In my,
1: for my money, he's a top 10 defenseman in the league, maybe top five. He's that good. He was a Norris Trophy, should have been uh, a, a serious Norris Trophy uh, candidate in 2020. How do you keep him? Here's General Manager Doug Armstrong.
6: It is really an either or that if we can't find common ground with Alex, then there's really no need to do anything. And if we can find common ground with Alex, then there's a need to do a lot. You know, obviously, I've, I've talked to different managers to find out what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish. Do we have pieces that... Uh, that allow them to accomplish what they want. But that being said, Alex is our captain. He's, I've grown up with Alex in this organization, and he's grown up with me in this organization. Uh, i like to see it continue for, for a number of years moving forward, and that, that's my focus right now.
1: So there is Doug Armstrong, who also says this about the team.
6: Of our regular players, I think we had uh, like 20% of those guys that had COVID at some point. Their, their mindset was always to be competitive and to play hard, but they had a lot going on around them. The information of the COVID was changing every day on how it was going to affect, uh, you know, older people, younger people, babies. And and it took us a while to, I thought we got the most comfortable when we finally got to Edmonton. I didn't think we were comfortable leading into Edmonton. And I think that showed early on.
1: That it did. And it also hurt to not have Vladimir Sharysenko, whether he was out or whether he was on the ice. When he was on the ice, he just wasn't the same. And as it turns out, Tarasenko needs shoulder surgery again.
6: He's going to go back in and have more surgery next week. Uh, and it's, it's serious in the sense that, that he won't be with us and he won't be reevaluated for five months after the day of surgery.
1: Here's the latest.
6: He was very obviously limited. Uh, he had shoulder surgery, uh, obviously, at the start of the season. He rehabbed. He came back. Uh, we had to do another MRI. He wasn't feeling good. That surgery didn't take the way that we had hoped. Uh, wasn't successful. He's going to go back in and have more surgery next week. And it's it's serious in the sense that, that he won't be with us and he won't be reevaluated for five months after the day of surgery.
1: What about Tarasenko? Can he be the same player after this?
6: It's the third surgery. We're hoping that he gets back to the level that he that he was at before. I'm not concerned about the work ethic and the, and the approach he's going to take to putting himself in a great spot. But Uh, time is going to tell on on how quickly and and, and the impact he can have when he gets back. I think he can have the same impact as before, but it's really irrelevant what I think or what I feel. It's going to be how he does when he gets back.
1: There is Doug Armstrong, Alex Petrangelo, and Craig Berube, the St. Louis Blues, evaluating what has gone wrong here in 2019-2020 after a Stanley Cup championship, a 14-plus month celebration of owning that cup. Now they have to figure out how to get back there. Now, here's the thing, though they will be celebrated forever. I mean, that team, the celebration will go on for the rest of their lives. And no matter how he performed, and he did not perform well in Edmonton, Jordan Bennington will be part of that celebration for the rest of his life. How to move on from this season? You get away for
2: for a little bit here, and then you reflect. And, you know, it was a good season. We we were top of uh, the conference. You know, so there are some positives to take away from this, right? And uh, this this group knows how to win, and we got some great talent, some great young players, and and competitors. So you know we'll be back and we'll do what we what we have to do to prepare for next season. And. That's it really. Jordan Bennington. He's a huge part of what
1: they do. No doubt about it. They don't win the Stanley Cup without him. Unbelievable performance. They need to get him hot again. Let's see if they can. Season starts in gosh less than four months now. They'll be back in December. Tom Ackerman with you, Sports on a Sunday morning. Quick break. We'll come back. John Mosalok's up ahead at eleven thirty here on KMOX. Tom Ackerman, Sports on a Sunday morning at eleven eighteen. Tell you what, let's go live. This is Paul DeYoung, the Cardinals shortstop, is doing a zoom call right now. With the media. Let's listen in.
3: We can and keep moving
1: forward.
6: How do you feel about your return defensively?
2: I feel uh, pretty good. Um, just getting my feet and my arm back under me. Um, and just uh, locking in back on baseball again. Uh, it's uh, It's been great to be out there and competing with my team. And you know, I'm just happy to be back and playing and being healthy. Paul, as you kind of come back from what you came back from, I mean, where are you at from, like, a, a strength perspective, recovery perspective? Are you noticing any of the of the, of the impacts, maybe, of having had COVID and how that can affect you personally? Uh, no, my body feels pretty good. Uh, you know, I went through first few days, I was a little sore. That was to be expected, um, just getting back into playing full nine-inning games. Um, Thank you. But uh, overall, uh, I'm adjusting with my routine. Um, the stats has been great, keeping me, uh, you know, you know, Tuned up and uh, you know, I'm learning learning how to deal with all this uh, as an individual and, and preparing myself. So what's that?
1: Just make sure All just right, uh, let's let's bring that down. So his, that audio is not coming in very well right there. That's a live Zoom call with Paul DeYoung. I was hoping that would start to clear up. You know, sometimes the the correct the connection will correct itself, but that was not the case. But anyway, Paul DeYoung talking right now, getting ready for today's game. He's in the lineup today. Uh, DeYoung, who did not uh, tag up at second yesterday and ended up uh, because of that. And part of the reason of that, the Cardinals were not able to score in that inning. Uh, however, he is in the lineup today. Here's a peek at the lineup that the Cardinals are putting out there. The leadoff hitter will be Colton Wong. Tommy Edmond bats second. He's in left field today. Paul Goldschmidt is the first baseman, batting third. Brad Miller, who's had a good year. He's hitting 327, walked three times yesterday. He's the D.H. He bats fourth. Paul DeYoung, the shortstop who just spoke, there is batting fifth. Yadier Molina is back in there. Why wouldn't he be catching Adam Wainwright on his birthday? Yadi is batting sixth. Adam uh, Matt Carpenter is the third baseman, batting seventh. Dexter Fowler's in right field today, batting eighth. Dylan Carlson back in there again. He's playing center field and batting ninth, trying to get himself going. And Adam Wainwright is the starting pitcher, 39 years old today is Adam Wainwright, the Cardinals' starter. We'll have a tribute to Adam during this hour. We also have John Moselock, Cardinals president of baseball operations, on the way at 1130. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX continues right after this.
4: From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Brandon Inge at the dish. Wainwright pitches. Half swing, and a steerike is called. And the Cardinals are within one strike of a world championship for 2006. It would be their 10th world championship banner to fly. Two on, two out. An 0-2 pitch. Wainwright has the sign he wants. He brings it home. In. Swing and a miss. The Cardinals are world champions for 2006 as Wainwright greets the catcher and the mob of the pitcher and catcher on the mound here at Bush Stadium. The Cardinals are the world champions for 2006. The 10th World Championship in their illustrious franchise history. And it goes to number 10, the Cardinal manager, Tony La Russa.
1: Adam Wainwright, he was doing it in 2006, doing it in 2020.
4: He this time, and uh, Wainwright gets to it and throws him out. And small throw over there, and gets there. That's 11 in a row retired by the Cardinal right hander. He set him down in order in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth.
1: Isn't it something to think about? Adam Wainwright has been pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals since 2006. He doesn't get any more high leverage than pitching in a World Series and trying to close it out. And that's exactly what he did in 2006. Of course, you all remember what he did before that in connecting with Yachty and throwing that great curveball, one of the greatest of his career, I would say the greatest, to freeze Carlos Beltran and win the pennant at Shea Stadium in front of that raucous crowd. So the Cardinals, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina will be back together again for another game today. It's a remarkable run. It really is. I like listening to Wainwright when it comes to being philosophical and why baseball is special to him. This is Wainwright, and I think it says a lot about him. This is on July 24th as the Cardinals were getting their season started once again after all they had been through.
7: Uh, I'm very excited. You know, it does not feel like opening day to me just yet. I'm sure it will once the game gets going, but it feels like, what is the date, July 22nd or something, 24th? That's what it feels like to all of us. You know, we've been playing practice games for a while, and it feels, you know, like we're going to go out and play a game on July 24th a little bit, but also at the same time, the do we have cloud Sales today? No. in spirit. We'll have cladsdale's in spirit. There's a lot of vibes going around also to go with that, that, You know, say that, wow, this is this is really happening. And I hope this I hope that everybody does a good job with their masks and staying safe and whatever we need to do so that we can play this full season out. because there's a lot of excitement to play this season for our great fans out there who are ready for some baseball and are ready. They're ready for an escape. This is what another thing I keep getting on Twitter is, dude, just give me an escape from all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. I want to hear about this and I want to hear about that. That's what we're trying to do. Whatever we need to win, 60 games to get into the playoffs and win the division, hopefully, and then 14 more games. That's what we want to do at the end of the day. Hopefully, we can do all that starting today.
1: That's what makes him great. It's not just his elite pitching level and his incredible athletic ability because he can still pitch and he can still field his position well, but it's the way that he connects with us. He's as relatable a player as I've ever seen in my life. He is really something. Adam Wainwright, happy birthday. To number 50, pitching today for the Cardinals against the Cleveland Indians. John Mosaylock joins us next. He is the president of baseball operations. Back in a moment on KMOX.
4: From KMOX Sports. Here's the pit. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
1: We are back, and Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, joins us live on Sports on a Sunday morning. It's 11.33. John, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning to you. The news just came across from the Cubs that Jose Martinez is back in the division. So they acquire him from the Rays for a player to be named or cash consideration. And they also say as well as a player to be named uh, or cash consideration. So that's uh, two of those. Catcher Josh Fegley designated for assignment for the Cubs to make room for Jose Martinez. So the big fella is back, and uh, our times with him, Uh, you look back fondly. I mean, you made that trade, of course, but you gotta give up something to get something, right?
3: I haven't reflected on that trade in a while, but... um... You know, when you think back to where he was going to fit in for us, it just seemed like um, it was going to be difficult. Now, at the time of that deal, we didn't know there would be a potential DH. And and so maybe you might have uh, thought about it differently at the time. But, um, you know, clearly, uh, hopefully it works out for him. Nice guy and happy for him. All goes well. Um, and I hope he doesn't hit too much against us.
1: That's right. Very good against those lefties, too, and just a good guy, Jose Martinez. You know, the Rays are good. I mean, they've won four straight. They're 12 games over 500. the The Yankees have kind of fallen back in that division. They just finally won after losing eight straight, but John, the Rays are dealing with some injuries. I mean, Ryan Yarbrough just went on the IL. He's the 11th player since the start of camp uh, to be sidelined with an injury. So we'll see how they come back. In the meantime, that's been part of the struggle for your team, not to necessarily injury-wise, but just trying to get everyone back here. Um, since COVID-19 hit your club, you've had some good moments and you've had some not-so-good moments. I guess that's just part of... What this team is trying to do trying to get itself back uh in full gear
3: well it's, it's hard um you know everybody responds differently to to how they recover from COVID 19 and uh you know obviously Yachty was was a pretty quick return um didn't have a lot of symptoms and, and so therefore um i think his recovery was sped up and you know i think he came into it with you know being in good physical condition and then they're there are other players that are, are taking longer. And, and then of course, depending on your role, if you're trying to come back as a starter, it's going to take more time. And I think that's been the biggest thing that we're trying to like understand is, you know, try not to rush people too quickly. I, I think in someone like junior Fernandez's case, we probably should have given him a little more time um, down in Springfield to, to really have command of what he was doing. And, and, uh, so obviously, when we optioned him, uh, that was something that we had to think about and, and let him get back to where he needs to be. Because you know, when you lose a, a third of your roster to, to uh, COVID, planning and, and the stress on your depth is something that's uh, it, it's, it's a little bit mind-boggling, really. I mean, it's 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 been difficult and. Has this year gone as we had hoped? No, um, I don't think any team really feels like it has, and I don't think anybody on a personal level feels like it has, whether you're in baseball or not. But you know, we're trying to get through this. Um, you know, when will we be full strength? It's it's hard to say, and you know, can't believe we might never get there. And um, as you know, on, on Tuesday we we begin the month of September, and it's going to be a, a quite a sprint to the end. We have so many doubleheaders, we have so much baseball you know, trying to stay fresh, trying to keep um um everybody together. It's you know the manager and his staff, it's 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 a daunting task and you know, um I don't think uh it's gonna be an easy month for us, but you know, hopefully we can get on a little run and, and uh you know hopefully it starts today.
1: The trade deadline's tomorrow and not asking you to show your hand or reveal anything, but I, I would guess that if anything, it's always nice to have pitching death. And if you could get it, uh, you wouldn't mind having it, especially what you just laid out there.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky though. It's not even that simple. Um, We're currently at 46 players on our, on our 40 man. As players start to come off the COVID, that means players have to come off the 40. And so, you know, even acquiring somebody that would require a 40-man spot is going to be tricky, and and so just trying to navigate that is is no easy task. I, unfortunately, I think the timing of this trading deadline for us is is just not ideal, um, and you know that's that's non-negotiable. So it is what it is, and um, again, hopefully, just getting back healthy is is going to be proved to be good enough, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I try to follow this roster as much as possible. I, I, and it's, it's all of your jobs to do it. But it, it, this year with everything and the, as you just mentioned, 46 on there. That's because some of them don't count against it when they're on the COVID, uh, IL and, Players coming and going, some players on the, as a 29th man for double headers, as, as I would assume Ponce is going to be. Uh, there are changes that are taking place, no doubt about it. The one thing that we've seen here over the last few days, uh, and, you know, I, you're not one to, to panic. I've never seen you that way. Uh, Mike Schultz certainly wasn't last hour, and that is the offense. It's just, you know, the numbers are what they are. Runners in scoring position, uh, we're not seeing the team cashing in like they'd like to
3: well i I do think you know there's always going to be ebb and flows in a season and um you know a week ago we were we're getting the timely hit when we needed it and and now we're not and and so you know sometimes when it rains it pours and and it, it just feels like um things just aren't working as, as you would hope. But, you know, clearly we had some opportunities this week and, and weren't able to take advantage of them. And that's disappointing because, you know, then you have a four-game losing streak. So, you know, I do think you're you're seeing sort of like a lot of different streaks throughout the game. And, uh, you know, we're just currently in that. But, again, yeah, for us, I mean, it's tough because, you know, we went from going zero to 100 miles an hour overnight. And I just feel like it's uh, – it's a lot to ask for twenty eight players, and it's you know it's something that um in a perfect world you'd you'd have it more spaced out, you'd have some rest, but it's not and so um, not complaining um not giving you excuses, but it's it's challenging
1: yeah, I get that i do uh and you know what's even r- more remarkable about that is what Jack does, you know Jack flaherty gets out there and holds teams to one run, no runs. His ERA is 1.93, did it again yesterday. Actually, your pitching overall yesterday was good in the 2-1 loss in 12 innings. Yachty ends up getting uh, tagged out to end the game, but he had to really navigate that group through. After Jack went five, he had a good bullpen too. But just to concentrate back on Jack, he's just he's just a wise man for his age, and we know about his athletic ability, but all the things that I know he's going through the outside world and able to compartmentalize that and manage that and do what he does is remarkable to me. And, and I'm sure that, uh, you hold him to, to a very high regard in that way as well.
3: Well, I think everybody right now is, is, is dealing with unique pressures and stress. Um, you know, this is not a normal year by, by any account you, you look at, at, how people are, are adjusting to a pandemic. You're looking at how people are are dealing with their own feelings, with social injustices, and and how that's being handled. Um, you know, it's these are all things that that you know you don't really prepare for. And watching these these young men go through it in their own ways is um, something we just want to be here to help them. And you know, certainly. Uh, that's our hope. And and give them the tools and resources that they can get through that. And, and Jack, in his own right, is, uh, you know, been a lot in a lot of ways the face of this these topics for us. But, you know, certainly um, that's something that we uh, we want to make sure that that he also feels comfortable where he's at and what he's dealing with.
1: John, we've seen some stories, and I know KMOX dot com had this story as well about uh, the reports that the Cardinals would be interested and would be open, I should say, to having Bush Stadium used as a polling place in November. Can you comment along those lines and and how that has come about and what that might, uh, how that might work out for you?
3: Yeah, I can say that, like. Billy DeWitt and I were talking a little bit about it, and I know he, he did mention it to our mayor and, and did offer up the ballpark. And this is something that like Jack's passionate about, too. And, you know, ultimately, I'm not sure of, of the logistics and if it's something that will happen for sure. But, you know, given what's at stake and I think a lot of people um, um, you know, not trying to engage myself in the politics side of the world, but. It was something that a lot of people here thought would, would be a, a nice gesture if it was something that the city thought was valuable.
1: Got it and just finally moving ahead here the Cleveland Indians and then um, making your way through uh, and navigating a schedule where you go back on the road again do you feel like and this is something we haven't talked about in a while but do you feel like you do you have a handle on everything so far moving forward on COVID on protocol on keeping everybody safe where you've had baseball to, to be thinking about at the same time. There's a lot going on.
3: I think we do. Um, you know, like we had a brief email exchange last night just on what reminders we need to give everybody because it's not something you can take a day off from. It's, it's something that you just have to stay on top of. Um, you know, of course, you're, you're, you're trying to to manage that as best you can. I do think on the road, it's almost simpler in a way because it's literally, you know, hotel, ballpark, ballpark hotel. Mm-hmm. And, and so from that standpoint, you know, you shouldn't have any distractions. But those reminders will go out today. They'll be communicated to everybody on the traveling party. And uh, fingers crossed it works.
1: Good luck to you and good luck today against the Indians. And thank you for this time. We always appreciate it. All right, Tommy, thank you. Thank you. President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, and the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll take a quick break, 1144 on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Back after this.
4: From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's
1: 1151. We talked about Jack Flaherty a lot during this show with Mike Schilt and also with John Mosalock. Here is Flaherty. He wants change, and that's a common theme among many professional and former athletes standing up for what is right, and they want justice. Here is
0: Jack Flaherty. I'm, like, sick of, of talking, and and I, I just want to find things that I can do and things that we can do as a community and things that we can do as, as people to, to, to make things happen and, you know... We've had the conversation. The conversation has gone on. The conversation has continued. And, I'm, you know, I'm sick of of, of of talking about it. And I I don't want to make things happen, you know. You know, I got some of my friends going to, to Washington right now to march on Washington. And she was like, you know, just get on a plane, but, you know, come out and, and, and do the march with me. And I said, if I could, I would, but I I can't be there with you. So you, you do it for me. You, you, you go and you, you have that march for me. You know, there's a lot of things that, that can be done, and I, I think that it's fine. It's, it's really time to, to, to make things happen. And you know, Conversations have been great, but stuff continues to go on, and, and I'm like, just sick of getting up here and, and talking about it. Here's Jason Tatum, the
1: St. Louisan, one of the biggest stars in the NBA right now, the Boston Celtics.
0: How many points we scored, games we win it. that don't matter right now. Um, you know, being a black man in America is you know, more important than what I'm doing out there in Using my platform, my voice, uh, to help create conversation and change is more important than anything I can do out there. Uh, you know, when you think about a man being shot in his butt seven times, of his kid's in the corner, is way more
1: important than anything I could do out there. That's a uh, good, referring to Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times, uh, allegedly by police, reportedly seven times by Kenosha police. And Tatum, I don't know how well you could hear that audio, but he talked about using his platform. That's what Chris Weber is asking these young players and the younger generation to do. Here he is, the former NBA player on TNT. We know vote. We
8: keep hearing vote. Everybody vote. But I'm here to speak for those that are always marginalized. Those that live in these neighborhoods where we preach and tell them to vote and walk away. Charles Barkley came to my high school. Just seeing him in the locker room, seeing his hands and his body, that inspired me. You can't see something, you can't be something until you see it. And when I tell you the little kids that have called me upset, I have a godson that has autism and I just had to explain to him why we aren't playing. I have young nephews that I've had to talk to about death before they've even seen it in a movie. If not now, when? If not during a pandemic <laughs> and countless lives being lost, if not now, when? That's, that's all I just want to hear from the rest of the night while everybody's pontificating and thinking and soapboxing and all of that. We know nothing is going to change. We get it. If Martin Luther King got shot and risked his life, Mega Evers, if we've seen this in all of our heroes constantly taken down, we understand it's not gonna end. But that does not mean, young men, that you don't do anything. Don't listen to these people telling you don't do anything because it's not gonna end right away. You are starting something for the next generation and the next generation to take over. Do you have to be smart? Yes. Do you have to make sure that you have a plan? Yes. Do you have to be articulate about that plan? Yes. All of those things, but that's what you're gonna do. They're professionals. They know how to be the best of themselves. And so I applaud it. I applaud it because it is the young people. It is the young people leading the way. And I applaud them. That's Chris Weber on the NBA
1: on TNT. The Milwaukee Bucks were the first team to step away. They decided not to show up on the court and boycott their game against the Orlando Magic in the playoffs. The Bucks, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. The Magic made it known that they would not accept the forfeit. So, essentially, they boycotted also. Then the Rockets-Oklahoma City-Thunder game was also boycotted. The NBA stepped in that day and postponed all three playoff games. And that's how this started this week. The Milwaukee Brewers got together. And then this had now reached Major League Baseball. They decided that they were not going to play their game. Here's their manager, Craig Council.
2: You know, it's not a decision that's taken lightly. I, I, it doesn't, not at all. Um you know players love what they do they 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 love doing what they do and um you know I, i think the statement they made was that um let's just hopefully have everybody take a second to understand something else that's going on that's more important than what we love to do you know and and so it's selfless in that in that way um and I, and I, it's but it's not small. I mean, just not playing a not playing a game and saying we're not playing tonight is it's not small. Um, life will, life is going to go on tomorrow, and we are going to play. We're likely to play baseball tomorrow.
1: That is Craig Council, the Brewers manager. Some things to think about as we head into noon here, and a twelve twenty pregame, a 115 first pitch, Cardinals and Indians. Thanks for joining us on Sports on a Sunday morning. How powerful is Cox Internet?